I know how to run a hair salon, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A listener named Andrea once had the job title of scriptwriter, which Spellcheck didn't like. She said in her annual appraisal one year, her boss's assistant accidentally selected the first option that the spellchecker suggested. Apparently, Andrea was a fabulous streetwalker. <laughs> Typos, my friends, are not errors of judgment. When they're not the result of autocorrect, they're often the result of our fingers taking off on their own little adventures across the keyboard. But before we figure out how to catch them, let's laugh at them, because they can definitely be funny when you aren't the one being embarrassed. For example, a few years ago, I told you about someone who accidentally recommended a friend as a fat and accurate typist instead of a fast and accurate typist. And another person who wrote to tell a friend he had written an excellent report and instead called it an excrement report. More recently, my friend Andy Hollandbeck, managing editor of the Saturday Evening Post, made me laugh by posting a line from an article about pet rabbits, but one missing letter changed the meaning entirely, reading, I've fallen in love with my friend's rabbi, and I want one of my own. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, your friendly guide to the English language. Stick around, because after we talk about proofreading, we're going to talk about some cool words called light verbs. Not all typos lead to laughter. Some can be downright costly. Imagine finding yourself caught in a million-dollar comma lawsuit. Yes, you heard that right. A Canadian utility company became famous among editors for the million-dollar comma lawsuit when it had to pay more than $2 million to another company, all because of a misplaced comma. Typos aren't a new problem, either. There are a few old editions of the King James Bible that had funny typos. A 1612 edition, known as the Printer's Bible, reads, quote, Printers have persecuted me without a cause, instead of princes have persecuted me without a cause. And another one from 1635 is called the Sinner's Bible, because it boldly proclaimed, Thou shalt commit adultery, instead of thou shalt not commit adultery. Now, I'm no lawyer, but I don't think that one would hold up in divorce court. So when you want to avoid embarrassing yourself, incurring costly lawsuits, and leading believers astray, here are some tips to help. One, bring in the reinforcements. Having someone else read your work is like a superpower for finding those sneaky typos. Their fresh eyes will catch things you might have missed because they don't have the same assumptions you have about what you meant to say. If you're lucky, they may even do more than proofread and give you other valuable feedback on whatever you've written. 
Number two, to catch typos as they happen, you can use the autocorrect feature on your computer. I also call this the know thyself trick. For example, I always mistype the word patient as P-A-T-E-I-N-T every time. But with the autocorrect feature in my word processing software, I can just tell the computer that when I type that wrong spelling, replace it with the right spelling. Problem solved. I do it with my poor husband's name, too. I can't tell you how many times I typed oat instead of pat before I just put it in my custom dictionary because the O and the P keys are right next to each other. And I know multiple editors who have their custom dictionary set up to automatically correct any instance of the word public that's missing the L. It's great if your fingers make the same errors over and over again, or if there's a word you know you'll likely never need, but that can pop up as an embarrassing typo. And speaking of names, this is just a little aside. Give names special proofreading attention. Spellcheck won't catch misspelled names, and they can be highly variable and easy to get wrong. When I'm doing book signings, I ask every single person how to spell their name, even if it sounds like something as straightforward as Mary or David. Number three, the other digital tool that people overlook surprisingly often is Spellcheck. Now, admittedly, it won't catch funny typos like the one a listener named John told me about. He said his team was working on an issue tracking system, and the lead developer was brilliant but, quote, couldn't spell to save his life, unquote. And they released a product that when the user decided to mark an issue as important, a pop-up appeared to ask if they were sure they wanted to make it impotent. (laughs) That's another one you might actually want to put in your custom dictionary if you aren't a medical writer. People really remember the slightly off-color ones, too. I do think Spellcheck would have caught the typo a reader named Kelly told me about. Her friend handed out about 30 copies of her resume at a recruiting fair before she realized it said she had a Bachelor O Farts degree. And it definitely would have caught the typo from a university president that Karen saw touting the school's excellence, E-X-C-E-L-L-A-N-C-E. It happens to all of us, but that's exactly why you should never send out something without running it through spellcheck. Number four. Next, I've had a few younger editors tell me they don't do this anymore, but I still swear by printing out anything important that I have to proofread. I always find more errors when I proofread on paper. In fact, I have a 225-page book manuscript sitting next to me right now that I just finished proofing. Number five, this can be a harder one, but if you can, give yourself some time. If possible, let your work sit for a while while you embark on your proofreading journey. Clear your mind, approach it with fresh eyes, and let your brain focus on the actual words, not what you think you wrote. It's like hitting the reset button on your perception. Number six, now brace yourself for this tip. It's reading your work out loud. When you read out loud, you have to consider every word in a way you don't when your eyes are moving across the page. I know because I write a script for each Grammar Girl episode, and when I read it out loud to record the show, I almost always find an error I missed when proofreading it in other ways. And here's a tip from a listener. If reading out loud feels awkward in public, you can pretend you're talking on the phone. Number seven, for those of you who prefer a silent approach, technology comes to the rescue. 
Instead of reading out loud, you can use the text-to-speech tool on your phone or computer to make it read out loud to you. Use headphones or earbuds for privacy. There are even websites that will read for you with different voices and at different speeds. Some people are even starting to use AI voice websites like Eleven Labs for this, and they have amazingly natural-sounding voices. The character limits are still pretty low, but the way things are changing in that space, you can expect something better soon. So sit back, relax, and just listen. And a benefit of this method is that you'll find both typos and awkward sentences. Number eight, another way to make sure you look at every word if you're proofing on paper is to grab a pen or pencil and physically touch each word as you go. It's not so great if you're proofing on your computer screen, but if you're on paper, it's like giving your words a gentle prod, making sure they're on their best behavior. And if you want to go halfway and focus on small sections, you can place a ruler under each line or cut a window out of an index card and slide it across the page. Number nine, here's one that'll work whether you're working on paper or on a screen. Brian Garner, author of Garner's Modern English Usage, suggests visual trickery, reformatting your work with a different font and different margins. Making your text look different from how it looked when you were writing can trick your brain into seeing it fresh. Number 10, although you won't want to hear this, another way to catch more errors is to proofread multiple times. In his After Deadline column in the New York Times, editor Philip Corbett suggested separating editing tasks. For example, read through once, looking just for spelling errors, and then again, looking for just punctuation errors. By separating tasks, you'll be able to focus better on each one. And number 11, this leads to my final tip, which is to use a checklist. I have an editing checklist with common errors on my website, quickanddirtytips.com, which I'll link to in the show notes. It's more for editing in general than proofreading, but it's a great way to remember everything you want to check. Do I have any unnecessary adverbs or prepositions? Do I have too many sentences that start with there are or there is and so on? But you can also have a simple proofing checklist. Did I check punctuation? Did I run the spell checker? Did I also check that the names are correct? And so on. And here's one more word of caution. The time I am most likely to miss an error is when I'm making last-minute revisions. It is incredibly easy to leave in a tiny preposition, an in or an on, when you're rewriting a sentence. So when you're making those last-minute tweaks, be extra careful and apply all your best proofreading skills. And there you have it, all my best proofreading tips. I hope they help you catch and enjoy the funny typos, but eradicate them before they become embarrassing or costly typos that your coworkers write to podcasts about in the future. Te presentamos a Alex. Ella acaba de descubrir el centro de visión de Walmart. Ahora hago mis diligencias en un solo lugar. ¿Compras? ¿Lentes? Walmart. ¿Decoraciones? Walmart. Y lo mejor es que aceptan la mayoría de seguros, así que ahorro tiempo y dinero. Bienvenido a un cuidado de visión más fácil. Bienvenido a tu Walmart. Se aplican restricciones. Visita walmart.com para más detalles. I know how to run a hair salon, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner, too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. 
Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then with phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com slash grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. English verbs show tremendous variety. Some have a lot of semantic content and serve as the main predicate of a sentence, as transitive or intransitive or linking verbs. Others are auxiliary, also known as helping verbs, which indicate the tense, aspect, modality, or voice of the predicate. And then there are light verbs. That term was coined by the famous Danish linguist Otto Jeppersen in his Modern English Grammar on Historical Principles. It refers to verbs which get their main semantic content from the noun that follows rather than the verb itself. Hence, the verb is light. The noun that follows typically describes an action, and light verbs include take, take a walk, take a nap, give, give a talk, give a call, give a demonstration, have, to have a cry, have a look, have a drink, make, make a claim, make a fuss, and do, do battle, do business, do the wash. Many light verb phrases have a corresponding expression with a verb that actually expresses the action. Walk, nap, talk, demonstrate, look, drink, claim, wash. There can be small differences, too. To give a talk is not the same thing as to talk. And to do the wash is not the same thing as to wash. The set of verbs that can be lightened is broader than you might think. You can create a ruckus, hold an opinion harbor a resentment, effect a change, and more. And the set of nouns that can contribute their semantic heft is wide as well. You can have a drink, but also have a beer, have coffee, have breakfast, a snack, a bite to eat, and so on. Often, such light verb constructions with have lack full verb expressions. When was the last time you used breakfast as a verb? Some light verbs, especially those with give, employ a second noun to create an interrupted compound verb like give the sheets an airing, give the counter a wipe. In the first, give an airing is the light verb, and the sheets can be replaced by sundry things that might need an airing, a blanket, a room, a car. In the second, the light verb is give a wipe, and the noun counter can be replaced by things to be wiped the floor, a tabletop, the baby. And some light verbs seem lighter than others in that they resist the passive voice. It seems odd to say a nap was taken or a walk was taken, but it's less odd to say a resentment was harbored or an opinion was held. 
Why does English have light verbs? Well, part of the answer is the inevitable bleaching of the meaning of words. The same process by which awesome and terrific came to mean mm, good. The likely evolution is that verbs like take, have, give, and make lost some of their meaning and acquired new meaning as the complex predicates take a nap, take a walk, and so on. The light verb construction adds flexibility to English. It allows us to have and take all manner of things without requiring specific verbs for them. We don't need a dedicated word for creating a ruckus or doing homework, and we can distinguish ineffable matters of nuance: the difference between having coffee and drinking coffee, for example, or between napping and taking a nap. And with that, we'll take a break. That segment was written by Edwin L. Battistella, who taught linguistics and writing at Southern Oregon University in Ashland, where he served as a dean and interim provost. His books include "Bad Language: Are Some Words Better Than Others," "Sorry About That: The Language of Public Apology," and "Dangerous Crooked Scoundrels: Insulting the President from Washington to Trump." It originally appeared on the OUP blog and is included here with permission. Finally, I have a familyact story, and this is actually one of mine. A few months ago, we were walking in our neighborhood and ran into a couple looking for their lost dog. It had been missing for a few days, and they said it was really old and deaf and blind. And for whatever reason, the way they described the dog made it feel really hopeless. After they left, my husband and I looked at each other and said, "Yeah, they're not going to find that dog." And we were really sad because we love dogs, but there are a lot of people who walk in our little neighborhood, and that couple talked to everyone. And someone else made flyers and put them up, and lo and behold, they actually found the dog. We couldn't believe it; it had somehow gotten into the backyard of an empty house and couldn't get out. But someone walking by saw it and recognized it from the flyers. For a couple of days, we would just look at each other and marvel. They found the dog. Then, for a couple of weeks, if one of us was feeling down, we'd try to cheer each other up by saying, "They found the dog." And now, the phrase "They found the dog" just refers to any kind of possibly or mildly surprising good news, along the lines of, "What do you know?" We'll just announce things like, "They found the dog. My meeting just got canceled." It's become a happy little family act. If you want to share the story of your family act, a word your family and only your family uses, call the voicemail line at eight three three two one four girl. It's in the show notes, and be sure to tell me the story behind your family act because that's always the best part. Grammar Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. Thanks to our audio engineer Nathan Sams and our director of podcasts Adam Cecil. Thanks also to our digital operations specialist Holly Hutchings, our ad operations specialist Morgan Christensen, and our marketing associate Davina Tomlin, who feels passionately that there is a passing lane on escalators and you should not stand in it. <laughs> and I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. Thanks for having a listen as we talk about writing, history, rules, and other cool stuff. Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. 
Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.